Oh, wait. Started? I don't like it when you do that. I do it every week. I should be used to that by now. <laughs> Y'all think? <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah! Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that run away from the typical Hollywood shit that rains down on us. Oh, that's really good. Thanks. That's really good, Robert, because the movie we're discussing this week is... Greenland. Greenland. And our top five later in the show is... What? Um, Run for the Hills movies. Run to run. the oh, Actually, run from. Did I say from? To. Run to the hills. Run to the hill. Run to run the Run by your life. Is that like a song or something? Don't act like you're not into Maiden. Oh, yeah, Maiden. You know, I once had a Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> what is Maiden short for? Do you know what band that's short for? Iron Maiden. Wow. Surprise you, didn't I? Wow. Yep. I, I you know hip. that's one of the biggest bands on earth? It is? Yeah. Really? Like, huge in South America. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, wait, I wait it, our three Ethiopian listeners. South America, buddy. Oh, same thing. Ethiopia is in Africa. It's like the same thing. <laughs> no, but they, they've played like one of the largest concerts ever. Really? Yeah. It's really? Like, More than Neil Diamond? Uh, only slightly. I, I said one of the. I think Neil Diamond might have the record of, of the biggest concert. Oh, ever. you're just messing with this. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Neil Diamond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yes, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Greenland. Run, run to the hills. Run. 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 Now, the hills, of course, can be a metaphor. I mean, they don't really mm. have to run to, oh. like, the hills. Oh, oh. But they I don't have to what? Run to the hills. Run for your yeah. life. You know, if you keep that up, I'm going to break into a, a Neil Diamond medley. Oh, okay. Keep what up? That'll get you to stop. Yeah. Run to your life. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Bruce Dickinson is turning over in his grave. Who? Who? <laughs> He's not even dead yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, speaking of Bruce Dickinson, I got to say this. One thing that I learned from this movie is, uh, you know, Bruce Bruce Dickinson is the lead singer of Iron Maiden. Oh, got it. And he is also a pilot, and he took the entire band. They went on a tour. He flew them to all of their locations. Like he, all they, those man-made shouldn't go on the same plane at the same time. That's well, not smart. He was the pilot. Well, that's doubly stupid. But he's like an he, and he flies like seven forty sevens, like the big jumbo jet, like not not little rinky dinky puddle hoppers, but like the big big boys. And they got a wrap for it, you know, like when they they you know what a wrap is? W R A P. When they wrap like your car, and it says like, um, they put like a vinyl coating around it, and it'll say they print like a company's logo, you know, on the plane. Wait, it on the plane. It yeah. goes around the entire plane. Yeah, that's a big wrap. Yeah. And it was like Iron Maiden. It had like their uh, their mascot Eddie, which is like kind of like a zombie mummy kind of monster, and it was on the tail of the plane. Anyway, the point that I was trying to bring up I was if Barry Manilow has a rap on his. Plane. I'm, I'm sure he does. Yeah. The point that I was trying to bring up is one thing that I learned from Greenland is that the most survivable skill that you can have in an apocalyptic situation. Being able to fly a plane because everybody wants you at that point. We, we got to get to the plane. You know how to fly the plane? Fly the plane. Yeah. So let's just say it was like you and me, Robert. Who, <laughs> who would fly the plane? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd kick you out. <laughs> too much weight. <laughs> I, actually, it's just the two of us on this entire yeah. jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah too yeah. much weight. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. Here, let me see if I can find a picture of it. Uh, I don't know if you can see. The, you see the tail here? Can you I see do. That? Yeah, that's. Oh, that, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Yeah. See, it says Iron Maiden on the plane. Yeah, and they had like the tail was painted. To, I say painted, but it was like a big vinyl wrapping that they put. So on they that. don't actually paint the logo on the plane itself because then the plane would be stuck with that logo unless it was painted over. So instead, they put it on a material that wraps around the plane. That's my understanding. With what they did here, they might have actually painted it, but mm. I, it seems pretty excessive. It'd be a lot cheaper and faster to just put it on a vinyl wrap. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> that's what we're doing for the top five and. Hmm. How do what did people say last week? Ah, I was waiting for that. Yes, listener mail. We got Mm -hmm. a lot of good feedback, and let's share some, shall we? Please. I also love Moscow and the Hudson. Someone said since it was Ira's number one, I'll give you mine. The Big Sick. You know what? We oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we saw that. We reviewed that, and I thought we should have said that. Uh, Have you ever heard of a better life? I I haven't. A better life. A better life. Don't remember that one. The documentary How Democracy Works Now. Does that mean Mm -mm. something to you? No. Um, Watership Down and again these are immigrant okay. movies yeah. uh, Boondock Saints yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gran Torino this That's falls in the category where if I had thought of that I would have definitely either yeah. in my scoop or even in my top five I would have put that in my top five that's Clint Eastwood vintage Clint at his best yeah Gran Torino you say vintage well actually it's, it's old it's- Clint Vinch would be uh, vintage would be like Rawhide <laughs> yeah right well, and that, but it's or you could argue that it's older now. I don't know. The vintage. Whew, man. That's a and hard also word to use with him. cranked out so many movies. I think you might be able to argue that it is vintage at this point because that's been a number of years yes. since that movie came yeah. out. Yeah. That's what funny. else you got? Uh, Born in East L.A. Mm, and yeah. also others including uh, Boondock Sayings. Uh, the Coneheads, someone said. And we also have, uh, besides coming to America. Coneheads is good. The, yeah, it is. The 500-foot journey. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. Um, Let's see. We have a few uh, repeats here. Uh, District. Now I already said that. Um, the terminal with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And they two people on my Facebook page went into a slight disagreement about that, saying, "Well, it's not really about immigration, but it's really an immigrant. So it is an yeah, immigrant yeah, movie. It's immigration. Um, all right. He's and trying so, to immigrate. Right. Right. And so I want to say. Oh, here's what's up. Well, we actually have a correction. Let me mention that. Mm. Hey guys. Oh wait a minute. No, let's do the other. The let's three, do the previous. Okay, this let's go back a few weeks. Yeah, we go back. I love this. There's a, it's called Three Ugly Guys, and they the have podcast. a podcast, yeah. and they've been listening to us. And even though it's a few weeks old for detective movies, Sherlock Holmes, the ga- a Game of Shadows. Eh, I don't know if I agree with that one. And the others were repeats like Seven Prisoners, Zodiac. Prisoners is good. Kiss, yep. kiss, bang, bang. Yep. I don't think we said that for detective. I don't movies. think we did. It. That's another Shane Black movie. Yeah. And I love it when other podcasts listen to our podcast. I like yeah. that. It's very communal. Uh, correction. Hey, guys, got your assassins mixed up. We did. Uh-huh. This person uh-huh. said the guy f- uh, focused on Jodie Foster shot Reagan, not Lennon. Now, we were wrong on that. But you texted me something really interesting about this, Robert, mm-hmm. about Hinckley. Well, I asked you a question about who had Catcher in the Rye. Explain that to our listeners. Catcher in the Rye. Okay, so... Here's what happened. I, I don't think you set this up well enough. I'm going to go back and, and I'm going to double down well. on your setup. Okay. We got this email from a listener who said, you got your assassins confused last week, right? So we got John Hinckley confused with, um, oh, I keep wanting Chap- to say Sirhan Sirhan, uh, Mark David Chapman. Chapman. Mark David Chapman is the guy that saw, shot Lennon. Right. Right. And then Hinckley was the guy that shot Reagan. Right. And 
I was saying it was Hinckley that shot Lennon, but I was I was flipping the names around. That's right. No, no, no. I think maybe I had the names right, but he's he's right. The, the guy who shot Reagan was obsessed with Jodie Foster. The guy who shot Lennon was just crazy. Got right? it. He wanted to just kind of become famous, right? They both had Catcher in the Rye. So when we got this email, um, you asked me, you said, I so which one wanted? Text, say, well, which one had Catcher in the Rye? And then I sent you. Your response was really interesting. You an article. Link. Right. That basically broke down how a lot of killers have been obsessed with this book, and they have found it, it in like people's possession quite a bit. Now that could just be a coincidence. I mean, you could also say that about the Bible, right? I mean, hmm. you could go back and be like, "Well, they got a Bible in their house," but it's kind of an odd book to be so obsessed with. And I think Chapman, Mark David Chapman, was kind of set the whole ball rolling in that way because he had the book on him and it was it's his duffel bag right right, and it was like earmarked and underlined and right he had really right. kind of obsessed with it and then it was i think the only book that um hinkley had at his hotel room when they went to his hotel room in dc regardless and there were others there what? were others too right other assassins who had access to the book or was yes. found among yeah, their belongings. I mean, um, that was a fascinating What's the guy who shot uh, Kennedy? Um, Lee Harvey Oswald right, had it. Right, right, So there were a number of people that have been using Catcher in the Rye as a jumping off point. Right, as a jumping off So point. I started reading it recently is my point. Are you serious? No. Oh. Uh-oh. I read it Uh-oh. in college. Oh, I think I used to teach it. I did. Yeah. Are you talking about mass murder or are you talking about? No, obviously Catcher in the Rye. Huh. I taught it. And then my students went out and killed people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what <laughs> explains so much <laughs> does doesn't hey a little bit more feedback before we move on about yeah. immigrants this is a great email we got from a faithful listener he broke it down by country listen for swedes the immigrants 1971 and the new land i remember that movie 1972 among the italians he said godfather but he said all the godfather movies and moonstruck mm-hmm. would also be fall in the italian immigration immigrant category eastern europe he said hester street i love that film with with carol kane and also fiddler on the roof and yentl for eastern europe jews what oh barbara oh yentl yeah i know yeah among the greeks broke it down america america 1963 Mm -hmm. and that was uh Ilya kazan so a lot of good uh feedback from our listeners we thank them wow there's yes. so many good movies, I don't know which one to choose. Choose, choose. Well, it's hard to choose if you're going to choose this or choose that. But regardless, it's time for In the News. Hey, come on. Huh? Huh? Almost. You, almost. Almost. you, you don't have to do the uh-uh at the end. Oh, you're right. And then when you say choose, choose at yeah. the beginning, it tips what? it off, man. What, what do we, I thought Sorry. it was rather smooth. Let's try it again. Smooth. Let's try this again. Okay. All right. No. Man, there's so many great movies, I don't know which one to choose. Yeah, now it's time for the news. See, now that was No, that good. was great. You no, just needed some emphasis but in it. We did. I think there needs to be an extra sentence or two before I... Don't well, you, you think that's hard. Wait well, till you hear what's in the news. And now it's time for in the... Oh, well, let's get started, shall we? <laughs> what happened this week? You sent me a really interesting video a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I love these videos you sent me. That, mm-hmm. that it's They're really cool. Well edited in the narration everything else. Off-screen deaths. Yeah. And there were four films that this guy lost This is Cineflix in. That, that kind of broke down off-screen deaths. You yes. can find this on YouTube. It's a great video. It's a great video. It's easy to find. And the four movies that he analyzes, Stand By Me, mm-hmm. Moonlight, The Sopranos, not a film, but still it's a TV show. And is it, how do you say it? Stenecticity. 
with Schenectady, New York. New York, right. And of those, I really enjoyed them a lot. Yeah. And uh, the first one of Stand By Me, that was really powerful, wasn't yeah. it? Where the whole thing in flashback where we see Richard Dreyfuss at his, at his computer typing I, like I a I think journal. Stand By Me doesn't really get enough praise in terms of the quality of film. It's a really great movie. And the ending is so bittersweet. Yeah. And this this video, it's a little YouTube clip that talks about off-screen deaths and how they you know they're not showing the death and you start to realize it points out that when you watch stand by me you realize the reason in the last few moments of the movie you realize why you've been told this story yes yes and it takes on a whole new meaning and it becomes very bittersweet it's yeah. oh shit you're reliving this yes magical moment that you had with this friend of yours that meant something to you and now you haven't spoken to him in many years and he just died you just found out that's incredible and when we see the film which is actually a flashback right and we're near the end before we go to richard dreyfus now uh i guess the last scene of the flashback we see the kid and he disappears right he doesn't walk off down the road but he becomes he just goes away he disappears and then you get it and it's really quite a surprise mm-hmm. and poignant, mm-hmm. real poignant. Yeah. So that's fascinating about off-screen deaths and whether it's Moonlight. I know mm-hmm. you're a real fan of that movie. How the Sopranos handled that, uh, handled that too. And uh, Schenectady, I always see that. Schenectady. Yeah, 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 New York. You know, oh, another one oh. that they, I really thought they were going to go for yeah. was No Country for Old Men. Do you remember the off-screen death in No Country for Old Men? Refresh our memories. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, here's this is the ending. Um there's a couple of them actually because th- there is a scene with Anton Chigurh. Anton Chigurh is the main bad guy of the movie, and he shows up. Okay, he. Do you remember the premise? Do you remember what happens in No Country for Old Men? I never saw it. You never saw it. I don't like movies. I don't you, did you really never see it? I don't know. Oh, Ira, send me home with it. Oh, you're breaking my heart, man. It's so good. You would love it. You would really would like really? this movie. Yes, yeah. yes, you would. You would really, really Wait, like it. is that the one with a super abrupt ending? No. no. What am I thinking of? But it does have an abrupt change. It's mm-hmm. not at the very end. It's the main bad guy. Um, he sits down with the widow of... The whole time they're chasing this money, right? And it's... Uh, Josh Brolin has found this money, and he's trying to keep it and he's like uh trying to he's evading all the bad guys the whole time and then suddenly we see him like going to a hotel where he's gonna i think he's meeting up with somebody and then we come to him later and he's dead and it never shows his death Uh he's just on the floor dead and you're like the fuck this is the main character of the movie and he's just suddenly dead and then later on anton chigurh shows up with his to his widow and he's just kind of sitting there in a chair and having this brief discussion with the widow and then we see him wiping blood off of his shoes later on. Mm. And you're kind of like, all right, so he's, there's two major off-screen deaths in this movie that are done really well, and we don't see the violence. And it, this movie's not afraid to show you violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting that was not included in that videotape. Right. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. Tommy Lee Jones? Is this bringing back anything? Well, yeah, that's why I thought there was the abrupt ending. Isn't he like reminiscing and the dream about his father? Yeah. Am I right? That's and it. then it just cuts. 
all of a sudden the movie's over. Well, and yeah, that is the very the very end. Yeah, but yeah, you, the, the movie has been wrapped up by that point. Yeah, I understand. Who's the bad guy? Was that with the, Anton Shigur uh, is the character's name. And what's the actor's name? Oh, what's his name? Bo- Bo- uh, Javier. Yeah, Javier Bardem. I just remember him wandering through the neighborhood streets with a fucked up arm yep. and an ice cream truck. Yeah. So look how these <laughs> specific, it's in my brain. Yeah, yeah. It's time for me to see it again. I think so. I think that's the point. Yeah. 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 Nice. Anyway. Good. You know, something else, and uh, the Golden Globes, and I want to talk about um, a movie we talked about uh, last week. The, the South Korean film mm-hmm. uh, called Min- what? Um, uh, New Year's Sea, your challenge, Minari. Minari, yeah, yeah. I say right, yeah, yeah. Minari, right, yeah. Uh, I thought I genuinely thought you were going to talk about Parasite. No, well, that too, because we didn't wouldn't talk be, about that. First as well. of all, would it be something if both Parasite and Minari win for best film? Now that brings up a, two mm. or three interesting issues. And the first thing I want to say is, are you aware? In just a handful of hours from right now, they're going to state the nominees at five in the morning. At five in the morning tomorrow morning. They're going to tell us the nominees for Oscars. Isn't hmm. that interesting? So uh, we'll have that, of course, to report to our listeners next week. And the question is about Minari. And we've talked about this before. And we know it won the Golden Globe Award for foreign, uh, foreign dialogue film. However, people are wondering about will it be nominated for... We, we talked about the supporting roles. Everyone's talking about the kid, the little boy, but... The kid was fine. With you and me, I think it's more the grandma yeah. and that really great laborer, yeah. the, the uh, religious man. And both of those two, I if love them. If they don't get Oscar nominations, yes. Yes. they're snubbed. Yeah. Both yeah. of them. They were both great. Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see if it is nominated for film as well as a foreign language film, uh, which is now called, um, they have that new term for that, international film. And I have a quote here, which is quite interesting. And let me share this with you. See, I came quite prepared. Quotation. A quotation. Thank you. Quotation from Time Magazine with the director of Minari. Oh, and this is, talking about torn from the pages. This is literally, literally torn, torn from, from, the from the pages. Yeah, I don't come right. here, you know. And, uh, and he spoke about how do you feel that uh, about the movie. Uh, okay, first let me say, uh, Minari won the Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film, but was ineligible for Best Picture because half the dialogue is not in English. How do you feel about that rule? This is for the Golden Globe. And then he said, the category of foreign seems to be set upon language and not geography. Yeah. That is it. That's the crux of the new question. This is going to get so complicated yeah. this year and in years to come where all these, it's all getting blurry. Yep. That's what I'm trying to say. The lines of distinction are getting blurry. And well, they've been getting strange. blurry even with like, we've been talking about this before with Don't Fuck With Cats, right? That was, is that a film or is that a series? It's right. a limited series, right. Right. right? But it's it's essentially a movie. You know, it's like got three parts. If you were to string it all together, it'd be three hours long. And that's not, an. I mean, longer than some films. I mean, it's definitely a long film, but... It's not outlandish. Right. That's your point. It's not outlandish. And you know what, Robert? I think it's healthy that all these lines are getting blurry. I think it's yeah. healthy. We talked about the length of a film, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no more. The hard and fast rules are slowly evaporating. Right. And what is a a foreign film and what's not and all this stuff. And I, I find this very healthy. It's going to be interesting in just a handful of hours to see if this film is indeed nominated, not just for Best International Film, but maybe even Best Movie. I'm talking about the Oscars right mm-hmm. now, uh, as well as supporting, supporting, and so on. But I love that quotation that he said that it's not about geography, but it's really about the, uh, it's the about language. Lang- the language. Language yeah. of the film 
is now used as a, a, a demarcation of how to label and categorize a movie. It's interesting. So we'll know within 24 hours if indeed it's nominated for film. And if that happens, we could have repeat of Parasite the year before. It's I hope possible. so. I mean, I, th- I thought this was really good. I think Sound of Metal was really good too, but I don't, film. I don't think it's going to get it. I just don't think there's enough buzz about it. I'd like him to be nominated yeah. for actor. Yeah. I'd like him to be yeah. nominated for great. actor. He was great. He was great. So we'll see. All right. That's what I got. Good. What'd you see this week? Ah, but first, I think it's time for a sponsor. Oh, is it avgearguy.com? It is. Tell us about this guy. Avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is all of your old slides, your film negatives, your 16 millimeter, Super 8, VHS, Betamax, all that stuff. Send it over to avgearguy.com and he will transfer it for you into uh, some sort of digital medium. And we're both clients of his. He's extremely reasonably priced, less expensive than Costco. If you like him on Facebook, uh, he runs these specials every now and then. Mention Anyway Podcast. You'll get a 5% discount from the prices that are on his website. Great guy. State-of-the-art equipment. avgearguy.com Okay. For this past week, who's yeah. going to go first? Um, you want to go first? I'll go first because okay. I didn't watch very much. Ah, I mean, uh, it was a little bit more of like Chitty Chitty Bing Bang and, uh, and, and The Wizard of Oz. More for your daughter, I assume? Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's, that's yeah. not me. Um, but I will mention, uh, I did watch a couple movies. I watched The Call of the Wild. Did you? The Harrison Ford movie. Yes. How, now look, I, the dog is CG the entire time. And how was that? Was it credible? I was, was it believable? I was that, not on board for this movie. And, but it did kind of win me over by the end. I was like, okay, it's it's not a good movie. It's kind of what you expect. But there were parts of it where I was like, Okay, I mean, if I'm going to buy in, if I just kind of let it go and be like, all right, we've got a very obvious CG dog here. What do we got? If we just kind of let that go, it's not awful. There's worse movies. I saw trailers for it. I saw previews. I saw some scenes. Me, I have not seen the film, but I know I think I would have had a hard time buying into it and was obviously CGI and thinking, this is not real. And I couldn't emotionally connect with the dog. What happens to the dog? I think that's more of my issue. Yeah. But you, you were able to get past that, sort of. Well, yeah, I just kind of let it go. I mean, it you know what it's going to be in the first five minutes. You know, it's like, okay, this dog is very obviously CG'd. And they're trying. I get it. But it, it almost seems like they should have just done a, 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 a animated film, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and just done it that way. The live action thing is just not working. You know, I, there's too much of this, like trying to merge the two worlds, I know, I and know. it's like, it's disturbing. It's not. It's creepy, and I think time is not going to be kind to these films. When we look back, it's going to look very dated. It's going to look another Polar Express. Yes, yes. It's going to look like that. It's going to be like, what were you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Beowulf. Remember that they were yeah. trying. It was like, yeah. well, what you're doing here? Stop. Yeah. So, but in Life of Pi, they seemed a little bit more real to me. Than from what I saw with Call of the Wild, I think they were trying to use camera tricks as much as possible in uh, in Life of Pi to not show the animals. Mm-hmm. They were trying to kind of obscure the hiding under tarps and things like that. You remember that there was like a yeah. tarp and the yeah. Yeah. And they were trying as much as they could to not show the animals until they had to, and 
here it was like every shot was of the dog buck and the the dog was emoting with his eyes yeah, and his yeah, face yeah. and stuff and it's like yeah, well, that's like human expression we're starting Dogs to get anamorphic here where yeah. it's it's yeah. like crossing a line so anyway i watched that um i watched robin hood the uh disney animated film which is what 1973 you've seen that right yeah robin no. hood and little john uh, i love the song I like the way you do it, because you sing it like, what's his name? Roger Miller? Yes, do it. Just do a little ditty. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, jumping fences, dodging trees, trying to get away. I really like it when you do that, Robert. <laughs> it's a good song. Roger Miller's yeah. great, man. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when, I'm, when I was a kid, our school would have us sing a lot of Roger Miller songs. And I don't know why. I mean, I grew up in Tennessee, so... Trailers for Miller. <laughs> but he, I mean, even did like... Um, What's that? Dun, can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Do you remember that song? I, I don't, but I like it. Yeah. It's all of Roger Miller's music yeah, is that way. Yeah. And you're just like, dee 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 da doo yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so catchy and like, yeah, you just want to pick up a, an acoustic guitar and start strumming. Even though if you don't know how to play, you just want to start doing it. Anyway, that's good. He sings uh, some of the songs. In, uh, I think he's the narrator as well. And then uh, saw Willow. Did I mention this last week? No, I don't think so. Willow. Willow. Yeah. You remember Willow, right? Yeah. I yeah. didn't see it, but yeah. yeah. And? Yeah. 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 yeah, it was Willow. I'd probably seen it about a gazillion times when I was a kid, so it's the first time I'd watched it close to 30 years, uh, oh. at least 20. And I was like, yep, there's that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about this scene. Oh, yeah, right. It just all came flooding back. So it's kind of hard to It's hard to watch it without having memories come back. Mm. You know, it's so ingrained in my mind this like you know shitty vhs copy from 1992 that we watched a million times is that true for most movies and even songs that they pull you back in time even to the point about what was going on within you at the time that you were first exposed to it music Whoa, for sure movie, definitely definitely movies maybe not so much yeah. but songs there's sometimes i can rewatch a movie and just totally get absorbed into it again and be like wow this is cool you know and it's a fresh absorbing it's yeah. not reflecting back right right, right. what about you would you watch yeah by week? the way i forgot to say summer old summer new we now present the way oh, okay wanna, great yeah, that. No, wouldn't wanna, important. i wouldn't want to miss that these are really, yeah. uh, really mm. important yeah this is not i just have to say this i think you'll get a kick out of this i had it on the background while i was doing other things and it was point break the one with keanu reeves uh-huh. the good one i i the good bad one well Yes, that's so right on what you just said. I laughed out loud, and I wasn't supposed to. That was not meant to be funny. But here's the line that Keanu Reeves, and we've talked about him before, and I don't mean to rag on him so much, but he, there's this one line where... The I line am is, an FBI agent! Look at my notes! Yeah. This is exactly it. And I was I was like writing, doing bills, and I... <laughs> Because he sounded like he sounded like he was like in the sixth grade. He sounded like he was on the the field, the playing field at school, elementary school, and kids were teasing on him. And it's I make the rules. I'm FBI, and the way he says it, it's almost childlike. It had no credibility. It was laughable. You knew I was going to reference that line. Well, it's the famous line. Is that the famous line? Yeah. It's a stupid line. I am an FBI agent. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to share that with you, Um, Miranda. Which I never heard of, and it's got uh, a McLaughlin, yeah, John John Hurt and Christina Ricci, yeah. Why am I teen tired to irradiate? Oh, that's another movie, isn't it? But I want to say that this woman, this mysterious hot babe, has three identities. 
She's a dancer, a dominatrix, and a con woman. Which is the real her? Well, that movie did what I'm it was sure you to watched do. that. Oh, I had to know. Hey, have you ever heard of Dirty Weekend? Have you ever heard of a movie that has a character who's a dominatrix that you haven't seen or have no interest in seeing? Oh, no. I've seen them all twice. <laughs> Once to masturbate to, another to watch. <laughs> Uh, Dirty Weekend was written and directed by our friend uh, Neil. Neil, Le- how do you say his last name? Le- yeah, yeah, that guy. It only had a 27% writer. Okay. <laughs> um, Matthew Broderick was in that film, and that was when he was getting really pudgy. Let's, Dirty Weekend? Is it what uh, yeah, Dirty Weekend. I, I never it. heard of it either, but there it was. I watched it again, and I still like it more and more. Um, Ghost World. Hmm. I just like with Scarlett Johansson. Yes. And, uh, yes. I want to say with uh, Thor Birch. Thor the Birch. Yeah. Who's the guy? Who's the Steve? Guy? Steve, Steve Buscemi? Buscemi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this movie was 2001. Isn't it that they, it they have like a, an unhealthy kind of crush obsession on him? Yes. He's like, get the fuck away from me. Yes. And they're like, but then one is, what's their obsession with him? Uh, well, then they just like, they find him to be quite different and nerdy with his collection of vinyl records and so mm. on. Then the two girls have a falling out. Uh, but Miss Birch goes back to him, and they kind of become an item for a while. It's an odd film. It's quirky. It has cult-like status, and there's something about it that I re- Scarlet's so young. Mm-hmm. Well, they all are. You know, it, the movie's 20 years old. So I enjoyed watching that. But here's the one film I've been dying to talk to you about. Nick of Time. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this movie. <clears throat> it bombed. Yeah. It bombed when it came out. I did some research about this. I want to say it's 1995, and I like this movie a lot. Johnny Depp? Yes. Christopher Walken? I've never Walken. seen Johnny Depp like this. Yeah. I've never normal. seen... Normal? You've never seen Johnny so Depp getting, normal? He's like this average guy yeah. in, in a loosened tie and a sport coat, and it's very Hitchcockian yes. that you've got your average Joe thrown into these weird-ass circumstances. Yep. And I thought it was really a fun movie. The whole movie is told in real time. In real time, like uh, like what do you call it? High Noon mm-hmm. and other movies too that take place the whole 90 minutes. It certainly is no enemy. It's no prisoners. There's no inside man. Mm-hmm. It's not on that level. However, you, if you buy into it, and I bought into it, after you watch the movie, you can think about it. That, Wait a minute now. Sure. You can do that. There's a lot of plot holes, but if you're willing to accept it, buy into it, you go on a great ride. Right. I like this film very much. You know I what? Never... I think I think your wording is great there. You called it a great ride. I think you have to it's almost like a roller coaster. When you go on a roller coaster at an amusement park, I mean, now you don't at all because COVID, but if you pre-COVID when you went on a ride at an amusement park, you had to buy into it. You know that there is safety on this roller coaster, yes. right? You know that you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's safe. But you scream and you pretend, oh my gosh, I'm falling. But you're not really falling, right? You're hooked up to this machine. You're fine. And that's the joy of great a movie like Nick that's of Time, right. which right. is, okay, yeah, look, just buy into I just pretend for a minute that this could happen. And if you do, I think you're going to enjoy yourself. Absolutely. And I love your analogy. And what's well, your analogy? I'm oh. just extending it. Oh, did I was on my analogy? Yeah, you said it was a roller ride. coaster. You're yeah. right. When I said the word ride. Yeah. But you made it a roller coaster. But there are some movies that y- it's not a roller coaster. You're like, you are sitting in the back of a pickup truck going 90 miles an hour on some backwoods road with a drunken guy at the steering wheel. And you're like, oh, I might die. Like, I don't know where the fuck yeah, this is going. Yeah, like, yeah, this is yeah. dangerous now, right? And I think that's what I like, are those kind of movies right. where, 
Right. What the fuck? How is this going to turn out? You might be fine. You might die. And I like that. But I get where some people are like, no, no, I don't, I don't enjoy that. Right. I want the safety. Right. Right. But Nick of Time is a is, Nick you of said Time, it's Hitchcockian. Hitchcock- very it is Hitchcockian. Hitchcockian. It's very Hitchcockian. And here's by the way, I want to say that the ball, almost the entire film was shot a few blocks from here. Right. At the Bonaventure Hotel. Yeah. They made good use of, of the elevators and so on in yes. that film. And here's what's really startling to me. A rotten tomatoes, thirty two percent. I don't know. I don't get what it. the fuck? It's not bad. It's, it's a, it's a so, good movie. It's a, it's a good movie. It's solid. If you buy it now, Act Three gets a little nutty. It yep. does, and y- y- go along for the ride. Yep, it is a popcorn movie, but it's really a well-made popcorn movie. And I want to say that John Badham, and we've talked about him before, uh, the movies that he directed. And I keep with War Games. I'm always referencing War Games, War, the good one. But he also directed Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. How about that? And he I, has and Short Circuit. I like the movie Short Circuit. He has secretly. One of the best track records. Track records. And he's not a known name. That's what I mean. But when we mention these names, these movies, especially Saturday Night Fever, he's done good stuff throughout his career, but he's not a known commodity. So let me let me just go back. Didn't he do the Warriors as well? Did he do Did original he do that? Warriors? I'm not sure. I can't remember if that was him or not. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up some of the movies that he's Yeah, I just know War done. Game, Short Circus, Saturday Night Fever. I'm just gonna start reading through them. All right. Saturday Night Fever, Dracula. Who's Night is Anyway, Blue Thunder, War Games, American Flyers, mm-hmm. such a good movie, Short Circuit, Stakeout, Bird on a Wire, The Hard Way, Point of No Return, which was really good. I mean, it was it's the remake of La Femme Nikita, and La Femme Nikita was better, but Point of No Return is not bad. Right. Another Stakeout, Drop Zone, which is another one of these popcorn movies that's, that's really good. Nick of Time, Incognito, which is a, a really great movie about art forgery. Oh, it's really good. Uh, it's one of my wife's favorite movies. Um, what else? He did a bunch of. He did at least one episode of uh, The Shield, which is a good TV show. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's and been Blue around. Thunder, and... Blue Thunder. You said that one, right? I'm is not that... sure if it did or not. Oh, I think you said that earlier. Blue Thunder. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I was just really. Pleased. It looks like he's been doing TV shows lately. He's been doing Supernatural, Arrow, Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys is a TV show now. Yes, it was a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But look at these important films he did. He's yet he's not a name. He's certainly not a name. Hey, one area in which this movie was a bit dated. Mm. Uh, it was it was made in 1995 that all the people are talking on walkie-talkies and I think that would be cell phones today. Right. Yeah. And that was the only thing that made it um not not current. But it was just well photographed and act 3 got a little bit nutty. It was over the top, but it was just a fun popcorn movie well made i loved it nick of time so i want to tell you i was thinking about the warriors the 1970s version who did direct that That was walter hill Mm. and walter hill also is the same way as john batter he has that's why i was confusing them is because they both have this kind of oh what he did that movie right so here's what he did he did the driver which did you ever see the driver that's a really good 1978 uh the warriors the long riders southern comfort so good have you seen Southern Comfort? I haven't. No. Where they're in the swamp. It's basically it. it uh, what's the movie? Uh, we just reviewed it. The movie with the, going down the river. A deliverance. Deliver. It's Deliverance, mm-hmm. but set in a swamp. Mm. It's basically like that. Uh, Forty Eight Hours. Another one. Brewster's Millions. Crossroads. Wow. Extreme Prejudice. Red Heat. Uh, another Forty Eight Hours. So you did both the Forty Eight Hours movies. Trespass. Geronimo. Wild Bill. Last Man Standing. The Bruce Willis movie that was really good. Underrated. Um, Deadwood. He did a bunch of Deadwood episodes, which was incredible. 
So this is Walter Hill. Yet uh, he too is not a particularly known commodity. No, no. But when you rattle off these films, he's got a lot of major films, successful that are movies, really good, really good movies. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, John John Padham and uh, and Walter Hill. They're my two unsung heroes. Agreed. They just don't get enough praise. Agreed. Yeah. But again, just to wrap this segment up. Uh, I've never seen Johnny Depp like this. Yeah, he's great. I've never he's just like an average Joe. To me, this is this was where I turned the corner on Johnny Depp. I remember seeing this in the theater going, he's really good yeah. because he's not overdoing it here. It was just like a guy. And that's all you needed. We could all relate to, to his character. Yeah. We could all relate to his character. Yeah. yeah. That's what I saw this week. All right. Hey man, you yeah. wanna talk about uh Greenland? And Robert, talk us through it. Okay, it's a pretty easy concept to discuss. Greenland is about a family who's trying to survive the um, the in, in, incoming apocalyptic scenario of a comet falling from the sky, right? And they're <laughs> trying to get to Greenland. Going to Greenland. That's it. That sounds like it could be another one song done by Roger Miller, getting to Greenland. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just like, yeah. Gotta get Tra- the family to trailer. Greenland. So, what did you think? Okay. We should point out, Ira and I watched this movie together. together. And we had actually had to stop a couple times to kind of chit-chat as we were watching the movie, which I don't know how I feel about doing, even though my hand was on the pause button, right? So I could have said, or I could have said, I'll just save it for on the air. But there were a couple times I wanted to communicate something with you in the middle of the movie. Um, This movie, the first five minutes, is right. It is. It's, come on, where are we going with this? But minute six through the two-hour mark... It takes off. It was great. You just have to get through the first five minutes or so. Let, let's explain a little bit that um, we're getting to know this family, and they're getting divorced. Right. They're getting divorced. Things are really bad between the two of them. And then we find out that their dear son uh, has, has health issues. He's a diabetic. This type of screenwriting... Not only is it like screenwriting 101... It's below that. This is something that a middle school kid would come up with. And, and they're going to get divorced. And then they get really close because of what's going to happen with a comment. Oh, and the kid is going to die too because he has to have a serum. This is act writing. Yeah. It's true. However, after you get past the first six minutes, then all of a sudden you're on board for a really great ride. Right. And I think our earlier analogy totally works it does. here. It does. Yes. This is one of those few movies, Ira, that I have seen you watch you were on the edge of your seat. Literally. You were sitting You've forward. You've been aware of my body language yeah. before. I noticed that. But you saw me sitting up and leaning in. And we should point out, we had a really cool discussion about two-thirds of the way in the movie. Yes. We paused the yes, movie. I love that talk. And we said, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? Will wave Are they going to get there? Yeah. Are they not going to get there? Yeah. Is everybody going to die? Yeah. And then let's, let's share our predictions. Please. Yes. Because neither one of us were right. You're Although right. we were kind of kind of close. We, yeah. Yeah. So I think we both said that we're never never gonna see Greenland. Right? Yeah. I said that they would get on a plane going off into the sunset, like going toward Greenland, and that's where we would end the movie. Right, right. And you said Well, I said here the really important thing is the dynamic between husband and wife. Right. That they did have a reconciliation, a beautiful reconciliation. They expressed love for each other, they apologized to each other, and they were on the way to Greenland. And I thought they're not gonna I was hoping yeah. that they weren't gonna make it. They would miss and the plane they'd miss or whatever. The plane, something would happen, we'd have a huge shoot some and then all of a sudden they'd be in each other's arms with their their kids 
with them and everything would turn bright orange, white, 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 boom, flash to ending credits. That they wouldn't make it to Greenland, they die, but more important than that, even though they, have, they had each other. Yeah. And that's not unreasonable. We should but say, uh, story-wise, one of the things that happens is that their family has been selected. Uh, the government sends these like messages to their family to say, come to this Air Force base. Your family has been selected. Uh, only these people are allowed to come with you. And they don't really even know why they were selected. Um, but everybody's trying to get on these planes that are flying off to some mystery location, which we find out later is Greenland. And their family has been selected. But when they get there... The military turns them away because the son is diabetic and right. there's no long-term medical conditions that are available or allowed. So, They only wanted, it's like Nazi Germany, they wanted the Aryan race. Right. No no black they, people. No black people, no Jews. They only want white, pure people. Right. Well, yeah. As it should be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're both wrong when we predicted the ending of this film, but I, I this really does fall in the category of, of it's, it is a popcorn movie. Yeah. But it's very satisfying. Well, I'm and you g- made a great comment when it was over. And I playfully said, when, you, when your wife came home, hey, you want to watch it again? And you actually were would be on board to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, immediately. I was like, this, I, this movie was fun. Yeah. This was a fun ride. Yeah. I mean, yeah. talking about rides, it's like going on you know, Space Mountain. And as soon as you get off, you go, I want to go again. You're right. Let's right. do it again. Run, run back and get in line again. I thought the special effects were fine. Yeah. They were fine. Yeah. They did what they were supposed to do. I didn't have any do. problem with them. The acting? I noticed it a couple times where I'm like, All right, that's pretty CG. Yeah. But yeah. It, was, it was fine. It was fine. It was never really bumped me. The pacing of this movie was exceptional. And there was... for Okay. It's a very simple premise, right? Family has got to get to Greenland. That's it. That's the goal. In a way, it's a road movie. Yes. It is. It's a road movie. Go ahead. And I think it also did a really good job with like where you were in the space of things. Like you had a really good idea of staging and understanding what was happening and and like what the goals of everyone were. Mm -hmm. I think it did an exceptional job at that. Um, I think there were only a couple of scenes in this movie that bumped me as feeling like, ugh. Why, why are we doing this? The beginning five minutes, there was a scene where he, Gerard Butler, his character is in the back the of truck. a truck, and there's some guys that see his bracelet, and they want his bracelet because they think that's going to get them to Greenland. And they're like, I'm going to take you. You're going to give me your bracelet or whatever, and they start coming at him with a hammer, and he gets into a fist fight in the back of a truck, and I'm going, no, this, this would never happen. So, Which goes along with your overall philosophy. We spoke about this before, about... Uh, taking over with apocalyptic ending and so on right. the world. And you've always made the argument that you think that we will band together yes. and work together for the common good instead of turning on each other. Yes. And I want to point out, there was a lot of that happening in the film. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that happening. There were The, the mom um, loses her son, right? Her son is kidnapped from her and she's hysterical running down the street and a van pulls over and says, can we help you? Like there's a bunch of people to get in. We'll take you. Yeah, because that's what people would do. Well, I would have picked her up. Wham. Yeah. Gerard Butler's trying to go toward uh, Lexington, and the guy says, well, we got to go, but you got to go right now. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. go. Yeah. It's, yeah, fucking that's what people would do. If you're driving by some woman that's hysterical on the road, waving her arms frantically, and you drive by her, okay, 
maybe one or two pieces of shit or people that are scared going, I don't want to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I agree with that necessarily. But not dozens of cars drive right, by. Right. That's not what happens. Right. People stop and they go, yeah, what's, what's wrong? Or at least crack the window and be like, how can I help you? What, what, what's going on here? And if you suspect something, then floor it and you get out of there. So anyway, I guess my point is that this movie did a good job of that, of people cooperating. Not perfect. You know, it gets an A-, minus, mm-hmm. I would say. But mm-hmm. it, it did a much better job than most movies. Zombie movies are the worst right. at this. I right. can't stand right. that about zombie movies. Right. Where, where they're always fighting with each yeah. other and like, fucking knock it off. Yeah, yeah. And I think this movie realized we don't need to fight. There's a bigger problem out there. And I want to say the the scene that really clenched it for me was Gerard Butler and and his his wife and and his son are trying to make it way their way to uh, the wife's dad's house. Right, they're trying to make their way to Lexington, Kentucky, to meet with her dad. And then Gerard Butler gets separated from them, so he's he's on the way there as well to try to meet up with them. And he gets there first, right? So he gets to Lexington, and the dad is there, and they have this tension, right? He's there oh, yeah. first, and he's like, where's my daughter? And he's like, well, you know, I don't know. We, we got separated. And then there's this, like, they're starting to go at it a little bit. Like, oh, you know, you're, you're getting divorced because of these issues. And Jar Butler kind of does, like, a cool it, stop. Let's just let's just work on the problem here. Right. And the, the father-in-law is like, he did. He All right. Agreed to you're it. right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's Butler said, Can we just stop this and work together? Yes. Yeah. 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 I liked everything about this movie. Gerard Butler. He's, I was curious about some of these other movies that he was in. Mm-hmm. He was in those has fallen yeah. movies. Yep. Uh, Olympus. Olympus has fallen. And- yeah. London has fallen. Mm-hmm. So he's good. There actually is another one that's in production. So he does these has fallen movies and he's, he's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a good popcorn actor. This, this could be meteorites have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> More of the Clark. Yeah. Uh, oh, they call the meteor uh, yeah. uh, Clark named after Arthur C. Clark and spelled with an E at the end. Mm-hmm. Clark. Yes. Uh, it was a satisfying movie. It did what it was supposed to do. What were you going to say? Well, I'm jumping the gun. I'll wait. Uh, no. Yeah. What? Are you no, going, we'll are you going to money shots? No. Are you? Not yet. Uh, there's you, one thing I want to ask you, though. Do tell. Uh, it was, uh, I was going to ask you something else, but I'm going to ask you this question okay, instead. Okay. When they get this alert on their phone, the family gets this alert that says, you have to pack one bag, and you got to wrap the family up and, and go, right? And so they do. They start throwing everything in a bag, and they're like, okay, we're getting out of here. If you were told that you had oh. 15 minutes to pack a bag, what would I take? What would you take? I love that question. Yeah. You know, seriously, I know I mentioned this once before, but when I did journal writing with my students, I mm-hmm. would ask that question, the values question. In other words, what are the three most important things in your home? That's okay. sort of what it's asking. All right. Yeah. And um, what would I take if I only had 15 minutes to grab it? So I yeah. would take, the first thing would be, now, can we assume that important documents and records. No. It, oh, we're not going to assume. Anything that's in your house, you are taking with you, and that is it. Your, right. hou- every, your house is gone. You are right. never returning to this space again. Okay. The first thing I would definitely reach for would be 
As you and many of our listeners know, I had all 14,000 of my slides scanned. Mm. So I would, before, prior to that, I'd say I would take all my slides. That's right, all 113 carousels, even though I can't grab them all at once, that would still be one item, a little bit of a cheat there, if you would allow me to cheat, but you can't. You have a that. bag. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. You have one double bag. I know, but bag. I don't think that 103 no, carousel trays No, wouldn't. So what would, would you there. do? So actually, thanks to what we've done, what I've done lately, having them all transferred to a hard drive, I would grab that hard drive, okay. which has all of the important images of my life from 19, uh, was it 1963, 1993, that would definitely be included as one of the three. Okay? Okay, so there's that. And there's that. Now, I, okay, I'm going to ask this question again pre-scanning. Oh, I mean, oh, by the way, you're just making oh, you're modifying you're, the question. You're now. really well, helping out avgearguy.com uh, right now. <laughs> you're right. That should be part of our little bit here. Yeah. Huh? Um, but I am thinking about important documents. I'm being mm. pragmatic here. Whether it's my social security card, um, uh, Medicare driver, my wallet, well, credit cards. Do you, is that your, on me? Or yeah, that, I think that's on you. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's something that can go in your pocket. You have one. You, you can put stuff in your pocket. Oh, that doesn't count. I don't think so. I mean, it's a duffel bag, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you could put that in your pocket, or you could. Would you waste time and or space trying to put a toothbrush mm. in your duffel bag? It just seems like no. you, you get a toothbrush when you get there, right. wherever you're going, right? right? right. Or right. you use an, uh, the end of your shirt to brush your teeth with, or something, right? You'd find a way to do that. So what do you pack if you've got, you know, five, 15 minutes to pack and get out of there? Uh, I have old photo albums um, of my family, of mm. my, uh, my, my brother and my mom and dad. And that includes pictures of, of their wedding day and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think I would include that also. Hmm. Third thing. Well, it's not three things. Well, yeah, I'm asking. In a duffel bag. I yeah, what fits in a duffel, duffel bag? Other than photographs, other than say medical records or anything like that no other than my uh the screenplays really screenplays that's why you should scan those things buddy yeah yeah abgearguy.com yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you i hard drives are definitely on yeah, on the yeah. short list i'd be like i gotta get so much of this information what about your wife I, I I would put her pussy in the duffel bag. <laughs> I would yeah, just chop her up. Yeah, or your daughter. Wouldn't you put your daughter in the duffel bag? Uh, I'd put duct tape over her mouth first. Yeah, I just don't want to make noise. Okay, yeah, just yeah. stuff her in the duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Um, no, I was trying to think about that. I'm going. What? There's so much. It's weird because we surround ourselves with so much shit. Look who you're talking to. Uh, I know. Look who you're talking to. Robert has been in my home many times. List. The background, the my <coughs> list, the infamous list. I'd probably save that. That would be the third item. <laughs> it just seems like there's so much shit everywhere, and yet I don't know. When push came to shove, if your life's on the line, what do you what do you keep? Like I got a bunch of artwork. I'm not gonna fucking shove artwork in a bag and just be like, "Well, it was nice having you. Bye." You know what? You can't take it with you. I feel like there's something else that we're both leaving out that we would grab, but I don't know what that would be. My pillows. My pillows. My sex doll. <laughs> I just thought that'd be an interesting idea. Yeah. 
like <clears throat> as we were watching the movie, it, it kind of occurred to me. I was like, I wonder what I would, would actually take with him. I would just take you. I'd want to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> I would grab you, Robert. Phone charger. I'd I would definitely. Bra- I would. Oh wait. I would grab a charger. Wait, your charger. Yeah. Because we'll assume the cell phone is on you. That's in your pocket. Yeah. You but know, I charger. have charger. I have an industrial. Do you battery thing? It I would figures. definitely like a brick. I would bring that. Yeah. And oh, what? yeah. Well, I have a hand crank radio. I would grab you, one of those. Now you're thinking. Um. You know what? My medication. Mm. My medication. Yeah, a little pill I take because of high blood pressure. Uh, are you talking about your dick pills? <laughs> don't need that. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe a fan, you know, because it gets hot a sometimes. Fan? Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> just sometimes. Mint tulip, Miss Down the South. The blender, you know. I don't go anywhere without my Pop Tarts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um,. Okay, let's talk about money shots. Money shots? Yeah, money shots. What's coming to mind? I think when he is going outside and the sun is looking up at the sky and says, Dad, the sky's on fire. You love that line. And it was like, whoa. And they look at the sky and like half the sky is completely red. I want to say something. This movie is going to be... We, we talk a lot about like how memorable a movie is. Mm-hmm. And this movie is going to stay with me for a while. It... It was shot in a way, it was very clear, and the images were so, uh, how do you put it, like, just very, like, um, easy to, to follow and, and track right, right. that it's going to be hard to shake. It, not that it was disturbing, per se, but it was just very, like, I got it. It's all tracking. And you For, know, Ford v. Ferrari is, is kind of my benchmark of, yeah, like, I, yeah. I still remember exactly what was happening. right. right. And I want to say, too, that a compliment to the film, that expression of yours that it zigged when you thought it would zag. Yeah. It really did. I mean, they didn't get on that plane at the end of the first act. They mm-hmm. didn't make it on that plane. Yeah. And that was a little bit surprising. And the movie kind of went all over. It, it made sense. It was cohesive. But at the same time, there were there were twists. Everyone were acted twists. logically no. with a couple of minor exceptions. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the character, a couple of characters were written stereotypically, but they weren't major characters. These mm-hmm. were kind of brief like uh, it was a rogue movie, so it's just kind of a couple of characters that you encounter. But for the most part, people acted as you would expect them to right. act, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Other money shots. I I don't know if it's a money shot, but I do have a question. Do you think, given the what we've seen of a group of people who are willing to storm the Capitol building in real life, do you think that the idea of storming a military compound is far-fetched no. any longer no i think that's really i think it's reasonable seems, yeah and realistic like, i'm not sure if i would have agreed with that pre-2021 hmm. you know i would have been like eh, i don't know would they really do this and now it's kind of yeah they would i feel like there's there's people that would show up with guns yeah these are like, the chosen people uh who had that special armband that would allow them to get on the plane but there were throngs of people there at the military complex um held off because of wire fence and armed guards yeah and they, they eventually snapped and they stormed the place yeah i, feel I like don't that think would that's happen. unreasonable i think that's quite uh realistic hmm. any money shots for you the ending money shots like i've often said tend to be often or near the end of a film and um, when we see them getting out of that bunker, I suppose it was a bunker, and seeing the land, and also looking at the very, very last image, the the Earth, and you commented on yeah. the last shot, 
And that was that was a powerful scene too. And they they had the balls to show us other capital cities that we're familiar with, uh, the Sydney Opera House, things like that that we know, and to see it uh, burnt and charred. And the Eiffel rubble. Tower like destroyed and yeah, bent over. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So those would be money shots also. I like that that they found a clever way to have an apocalyptic film in a realistic way. You know, this comet that comes down and they <clears throat> they did, I mean, the hard part was that there were all these news stories that were on everywhere, although I think that would actually happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you would see a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Uh, like you would every time you turn the channel, it would be news talking right. about what was happening. But the the way that they kind of described, okay, this is a comet from another solar system. It came on quick, and that's why they didn't know about it. It you know they travel much faster than an asteroid, and you know this thing is hurtling out of space. And it's not just one; it's multiple. That made it all the more realistic. Yes, I guess. yes. It seemed like okay, this seems more plausible now. Right, and those news reports helped the audience, helped us get it to understand what's going on. And like you said, I do think that was that's what the media would do. Yeah. So it was all honest. And, and like you were saying, the chunks, the debris, as fireballs falling from the sky. Right. That's all probably scientifically accurate and is more plausible real, anyway. I, I, plausible. Yeah. So I liked all that stuff. It was. It is was, it anti wave? The, the anti wave. Well, with the ending that I wanted <laughs> would have been. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, and also yours too would have been some. Uh, it was. Okay. Point number one we're seeing the end of the earth let me just answer this so it, no this is not well no wait wait i'm gonna get it's easy to say no because husband and wife are together mm-hmm. and they're alive and mm-hmm. they've got their son with them mm-hmm. and they're gonna uh, the species will procreate mm-hmm. and no species was extinct mm-hmm. perhaps perhaps didn't we even see birds flying i mm-hmm. think they showed us a few birds mm-hmm. and so it was not anti-wave but let's remember that three quarters of the planet was destroyed at the end of the film i'm trying hard to make it a, a little bit anti-wave mm-hmm. You're not really buying that? Uh-huh. A little uh-huh. bit. A little bit. No. This is it. This, this is not... I mean, is Independence Day a, an anti-wave film? It's the same. You're right. It's the same I mean, thing. it's about as Hollywood as it gets. Never... I mean, tons of people. Most of the planet died in that. Yeah. This movie is not anti-wave. No, it's not. But it's good. Yeah, but you're not on the anti-wave scale. On the anti-wave scale, I think I would give this one... Hmm. Maybe 1.5. You see, I was going to say two and a half. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd go to two. It's destruction I, of the planet, for Christ's sakes. I don't think I can go to two. Yeah. 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 No. But still a great flick. I popcorn mean, movie. It's popcorn. You buy it, you'll be on for a regular roller and, coaster and ride. intense. It's a good, it intense, is intense Hollywood intense. movie. And again, you saw my body language for two hours, and I was sitting upright and leaning forward. So uh, we were on board for this thing. Yeah, There is a it's psychological a element for us. It's hard to give a movie that you like a low score on a rating, but it's 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 really just – it's it's not that kind of film. Right, right. All right. Yeah, Greenland. Check it out. It's a good movie. Check it out. Ira, who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the falling people, they done turned to dust. Falling people in the entertainment industry the last seven days, including David Bailey, 83-year-old South African-born English actor. Uh, he was in, uh, did quite a bit of TV, but he was also in Pirates of the Caribbean. Talking about uh, Caribbean. Johnny Depp. Caribbean. Is that how you say it? 
I said, you're just fucking with me. All right. Uh, Leon Gast, 85-year-old American documentary filmmaker. Robert, he made the film When We Were Kings. Oh. Now, that's the, uh, what was it? The in Manila, right? With the, the boxing match mm-hmm. in Manila. No, so I was he, a guest. Yeah. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. So he's, oh, he won the Oscar for that, too, in 1997. Mm. Trevor Peacock, an 89-year-old English actor, uh, he was in Fred Claus. Remember that? We lost Isla Vega, 81-year-old uh, Mexican actress, but she was in a film I spoke about a few years ago, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which is Sam Peckinpah. Another road movie. But another, yeah, it was. Wasn't it? So she was in a Sam Peckinpah movie, and, um, and let's tell about it. Norman J. Warren, 78-year-old English film director. He did a lot of schlocky stuff, uh, Satan Slave, Prey, and Terror, but I thought I would include him anyway. Now listen, I feel real strong about this, Robert. I'm going to surprise you with something here. No, you're not, because I got it in a sheet right in front of me. The coroner's quarter, silver spotlight. See? Gave away my big climb. I was working up to this You didn't even surprise me. Because you're reading off my... Um, (laughs) I decided to not give the silver spotlight award to Gene Hackman or Betty White or Dick Van Dyke. Nah, not important enough. They died? You know who? Yeah. They they died this week. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, what a week. But you know who died too? In addition Wait, to those you're three, gonna you're gonna no. skip past all Gene three Hackman, of the, those, White, those legends. Dyke. It's Pepe Le Pew. To talk about Norman Warren and Isla Vega, you're not gonna mention Dick Van Dyke. They're dead. They're getting on years, you know. Get over it. Sheesh. Move on. Dead, dead, dead. And instead, you're gonna go for a Warner Brothers skunk. Can we talk about this, please? Let's do it. This is a frightening time we're living in, my friend. Mm-hmm. The French smelly skunk, and he's on a quest for love. And aren't we all? I did a little bit of research on this guy. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to be, this is going to be fascinating. When you say research, you were inspired, right? I was, well, Pepe Le Pew, he's like my alter ego. Right, I want to be Pepe. Even the, I remember, I, when I realized the name, Pepe Le Pew. Oh, because he stings, he's a skunk. Yeah. But he's a horn dog. What a great character. He got an Oscar for a short film in 1949. Pepe Le Pew has been around that long, since 1949. And that little short was called for sentimental reasons, sentimental uh. reasons, get it? He made many, many cameos throughout the decades, and Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc did the voice of Pepe Le Pew for decades, mm-hmm. and then his antics have been criticized for normalizing rape culture. People, Pepe's actions towards Penelope Pussycat, that was the main girl that he was always trying to get, Penelope Pussycat, and people now are saying that sexual harassment, stalking, and abuse, and also the French people didn't like it because it was making fun of their culture. He's dead. He's been canceled. Can I just say this? First of all, it's a fucking cartoon. It's a yeah. cartoon. Oh, I know. It's a fucking it's cartoon. It's not real. Yeah, I know. Right. Look at this outcry. And with, second of all. Yes. It's all a misunderstanding, right? He's in love with a cat who always gets painted by a white stripe, right? It, like, yes. Some, they're like painting the road and, you know, white, the white lines on the road. And somehow the cat winds up getting yes. painted accidentally. Yes. And there's a stripe going down. And so that's why he's in love with the cat. That's why he's smitten. It's not rape. He's trying to woo the girl. And it's all a big misunderstanding. And the cat never says no. The cat never talks. The cat never says anything. <gasps> That's kind of the whole point. I mean, do we do we cancel Wile E. Coyote because he's trying to chase Roadrunner yeah. and eat him? Yeah, just wait. Wait till next week. I mean, he's, that's murder, right? I mean, right. at least at least 
Pepe Le Pew's intentions are noble and romantic. In a way, he's a little bit of a cad. He's a little bit of a cad. More noble than I'm going to murder you. Yes. Well, here's here's what I've been wanting to share with you and our listeners. They've canceled. Let me just complete this. That uh, he will not be appearing in the Space Jam sequel. That's where this is coming from. They well, already. And that's because it stinks. That doesn't matter. He was <laughs> oh stinks. I just got your dog. That's what, uh, he was in the first Space Jam, but they wrote him out. They actually shot the footage, mm. and he's not going to be in the Space Jam sequel for all the reasons we've been talking about. He's been canceled. He's dead, and so is healthy satire. What's going on right here? However, they're still willing to manufacture video games showing graphic violence of thugs blowing the brains out of 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 cops and prostitutes. Mm-hmm. That's okay, but it's not okay to see Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, it perpetuates rape culture. Didn't you just hear what you said? How about that? Crazy times we're living in, my friend. Molcherie. <laughs> That's my little, I like that little French laugh. Hey, uh, Candle Corner, celebrity birthdays for the week, kind of the yin and yang of life. And you mm-hmm. know what? I got a little theme going here. Instead of you young folks. You know, by the way, I, thought, I heard that they're going to cancel the Tasmanian devil because it, um, it perpetuates negative stereotypes of mentally ill. See? And speech impediments. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it stop? Yeah. These are strange times, aren't they? Yeah. That's why I wanted Pepe to get my Silver Spotlight Award. Excuse me, our Silver Spotlight Award. The canceling Donald Duck because it um, perpetuates negative stereotypes of people who flash, you know, like don't refuse to wear pants. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't wear pants? (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. I decided to go with the old folk for Candle Corners. Just three names. Bob oh. Eisner, oh. 79. William H. Macy, oh. 71. 71. Liza Minnelli, 75. Man, William H. Macy's that old? Yeah. Well, he looks it. Oh. Does he? He's going through a hard time. Huh. Wasn't his wife uh, involved with that yeah. scandal? Yeah, that's done. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Hey, we wish all these people a happy birthday. They're, they're releasing the new season of Shameless. Ah, so he's on that. Yeah. He's got some. Yeah. He's good. I liked him in Boogie Nights. Hey, man, uh, you want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five. Run for the hills. Movies. Run for now, your yeah, oh, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If you do that, I'm going to break into Song Sung Blue. Mm-hmm. All right. Now. <sighs> well, you think you're the only one who can sing on this podcast? <laughs> oh, mon chéri. Um, I want to say something before we get going. Oh, yes. Please. I know you always wanted to find your terms. Define terms? I think the spirit of this has to be that they're trying to escape something, right? Like, don't you think? I hear you, and there's two that are going to be, you're going to give me a hard time. Okay. Because I've got an interesting question for you. The hills, of course, are a metaphor just to right. get away. Yeah. Get out of here. Go where it's safer. Yeah. Go where it's safer. Well, that would be escaping something. You're right. Does the movie have to show them going for no. the hill? Are you sure about that? I Good. Well, I'm really glad you say that. I don't think so. Because two of my five movies, they're already in the hills. Okay. Yeah, I'll but take that. it's off screen. The movie even begins with them in the hills having escaped what could be worse well are you okay with that i'm okay with that let me tell you okay let me give you a scoop that i had and let me give you a little example yes so i declined to put the blues brothers on this list 
because I do feel like they were trying to run from the police. But then I thought, you know what? They weren't running for the hills. They weren't trying to escape. They were trying to get to their show and evade the police, right? They were they were trying to get to the um, the Clark County office to give the check, and they were trying to evade the police on the way. They had mm-hmm. a, they wasn't running for the hills. wasn't running to get away to mm-hmm. escape. Mm-hmm. It was don't catch me while I'm trying to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I, I do. went. That's not quite running for the hills. Right. Right. You know, running for the hills implies I got to get the fuck out of here. And what's so weird is earlier today, you sent me that text saying, I'm assuming you're going to have both the Fugitive and the Great Gatsby, the Great Gatsby, the Great Escape. And neither is on my list. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? Both of those both are run of for the those, hills. Well, the Fugitive. The yep, Fugitive is definitely run for the hills. Running for the hills. And yeah. of course, the Great Escape. Yeah. He literally is on a bike on the hill. <laughs> I, know, I know. But you know me, I try to think out of the box and yeah. come up with fresh, fresh All right. examples. All right. Plus the fact that even... Why don't you go first? I'm going to go first? Yep. Number five. Number five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Run for the hills. Passengers. I never saw it and I own it. Can you believe that? You own it? This is Jack Nicholson, 1970... No. No, this is Jennifer... Oh, that's The Passenger. Oh, yeah. The Passenger, 1976, 77, something like that, Jack Nicholson. And I think you just solved something that I brought up weeks ago. We were talking about long take movies, Robert. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that movie show within a prison and the bars and the camera slowly goes through the prison bars in one long take? And I think that the passenger? was the passenger. Am I oh, wrong? I haven't seen it. Oh, that's right. So why am I asking you? At any rate, this is just Passengers. This is 2016 with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And they're on a spaceship with a thousand passengers to start a new planet. So that definitely is... Running for the hills. Okay, you don't like that. Yeah, one sorry. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand people yeah. starting a new colony. Yeah. They're like the Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> That's my number five. Okay. <laughs> my number five is from 1997. Are we going to overlap? No. 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 Yeah, no overlapping. There's one that maybe we overlap, but I don't think so. I don't think. I think you're gonna. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's what you're going to say. Okay, 1997. There was a movie um, that is, this is actually making a, um, uh, it's a, it's first appearance on our show. I don't think we've ever talked about this movie before. And it stars someone who used to live in my old loft, Dave Foley. Dave Foley stars in a movie in 1987 called... You even bumped into him on the street. I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, The Wrong Guy. Hmm. And (laughs) it's a silly comedy. I think it's Canadian. And what happens is that this guy's boss is killed, and he thinks he's been framed for it and that the police are out for him. But the police aren't even looking for him. And it turns out it was a total accident, but he thinks he killed his boss. And so the entire time he's like running away from the police and he's like, oh, they're going to catch me. They're going to catch me. But he never did anything wrong. He didn't kill the guy. And he's like, I got to proclaim my innocence. But it's kind of like no one's looking for you. It's We already That's have solved funny. the crime. That's funny. And it's kind of a good premise yeah. for the movie. Yeah. It's called The Wrong Guy. The Wrong Guy. Yeah. By the way, the year. Let's back up a little bit. Passengers. You said it, I think, 2018. 
No. Yeah, you said it, 2018. 2016. 2016. Okay, all right. Um, all right, that's your number five, right? Yeah. My number four is one of my two, one of the two of my five movies that we don't see the running to the hill. Okay. They're already there in the hill. And that's A Quiet Place. Okay. Now, with that movie, I really thought about this. Is Robert going to give me a hard time No, on this? I wouldn't give you that. It happened off screen. They didn't live there originally, but what happened was that, by the way, Emily Blunt and her husband, of course, uh, John wrote it and directed it and stars in it. John. Krasowski with a K. Chris, I know, love this. You knew, you knew I didn't know. And he hosted Saturday Night Live Krasinski. last time. Krasinski. You know, you know what? He's really lucky to have Emily. Uh-huh. So what's his name again? Krasinski. <laughs> I, I saw you stumble through that. Krasinski. Yeah. Earth has been ravaged. It's been annihilated. Mm-hmm by these these uh, aliens that are blind but they have acute hearing oh so you have to be real quiet and i thought well we don't see them running for the hills but they're already in the hills having already run and i thought that's cool and i put that down as my number four my number four is the one that i think we might overlap them 1984 i don't have anything in 84 okay so we're not overlapping it doesn't sleep it doesn't eat its only mission is to kill, and it's coming for Sarah Connor. Oh, Terminator. Yeah. And she has to run and try to escape this machine. Not Terminator 2, because I don't think that's yeah. necessarily the same thing, right? But this one where she's right. she's being hunted, she's got to run from you're this right. machine. She's trying right. to get anywhere she can to get away from it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Yeah. That's why I thought, yeah, you might. I, could, right. I don't think we're yeah. going to overlap, but I could see that, that being on your radar. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? My number three, it's, I'm sorry, it's a musical. It's a musical with Julie Andrews. It's not a music? Yeah. Oh. It is because yeah, at the end, get the fuck out of there. They're getting a Nazi Germany man taken over and the song Climb Every Mountain. So there we have Mountain and Hill. They mm. literally are all right. climbing that and climb every mountain with all the kids. Doe a deer, a female. I thought what? that's Doe that? Oh, I know. You're mocking me. Huh. Uh, but that is my number three The Sound of Music, directed by Robert Weiss. And uh, they're escaping to Switzerland. That's my number three. 1973, my number three. 1973, do you have anything for We're not overlapping at all. Okay. Okay. Martin Sheen. Sissy Spacek. Terrence Malick directs. His directorial debut, Badlands. Oh. Did you ever see it? Mm Mm-mm. You'd love it. So he's kind of a outlaw type, and she's kind of kind of idolizes him and he commits a crime and they go on a crime spree and everybody's chasing him and they got to go into the badlands to try to escape this hunt that you know everybody's on and they end up at a farmhouse and they're trying to hide out from the police in this farmhouse and the police keep getting closer and closer and trying to run for the hills and i want to remind you a couple of weeks ago when i spoke about the sadist mm-hmm. which was based on the same story that Badlands was based oh. on. So there's a little bit of trivia for you. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. What you got? My number two is a movie we saw together. And this again falls in the same category where they've already run for the hills. And it comes at night. 
Okay. We've had trouble with that title, and I always have to think for a minute. Because it's not a good title. It's not a good title. That's why, right, right, right. But they're hiding out in the forest. The family is hiding out in the forest because of the disease that has affected the bulk of the population of Earth. And uh, by the way, you know, it stars uh, that wonderful, he directed The Gift, that actor Joel, what's his name? Joel Edgman. Edgminton, yeah. Yes, yes. He's in this film. And it was really a solid, well-made film. 2017, It Comes at Night, Run for the Hills. That's my number two. Um, we There's a filmmaker that you like a lot. Oh? Yeah. And Robert he did, Cannon? <laughs> no. Okay. no, like a lot. Um, <laughs> you, you recommended that we watch his film earlier and you were so disappointed neil jordan it was a mess it was it was one of the most disappointing theatrical movie going experiences i've ever had now do you what what made you like neil jordan to begin with what were some of his other movies i'm trying to remember (laughs) tell me what it was well he was famous for doing the um uh oh what's the the crying game yes right he also did uh, Interview with a Vampire. Right. And um, Michael Collins. But he made a movie in the 90s, 1997, that did not get a whole lot of attention that was really, really good. It's called The Butcher Boy. And it's about this really bad kid in this Ireland neighborhood. Um, I think he's the son of the butcher. And he's kind of a bully. And he's always like pissing people off. And they start, the whole town starts kind of like chasing him. They're going to kill this kid. He's kind of got to go on the run. And it's, again, kind of a road movie Mm. where he's trying to get away. He's pissing everybody off and he's just a total spoiled brat. Uh, But it's a really interesting film. And Neil Jordan really, he directed a really great performance out of this kid, actor. It's a cool movie. No, he did Greta. Is that the one movie? Yes. That's the one. The movie of which we do not speak. I know. And that was like two years ago. I'll always remember watching it with you in the theater. Yeah. And I turned to you and said, I'm sorry. I actually said, I'm sorry. I think you actually hated it more than I I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I'm much more of like, yeah, it's good. You're more forgiving. Well, you always do tend to find something positive in almost every film. There's only a handful of movies that I'm like, I I don't want to do this again. Isle of Dogs. Anyway, my number two is Butcher Boy. Check that movie out. It's a good one. What do you got? My number one. Yep. Very similar storyline. Very similar to the movie that we're, we were talking about. Deep Impact. Mm. The year of Deep Impact being 1998. 1998. Robert Duvall and uh, Morgan Freeman, of course, is president of the United States. Same basic story. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they have to go to high ground. So they literally... Remember the kid on the motorcycle? Uh, he was on the motorcycle. Yeah. So they are going up... You didn't like that movie, did you? Uh, they are... Oh, I thought it was... And they go to higher ground, and they're running for the hills so that they're... They don't have the effect. Oh, your <laughs> I thought that was really a good, good... Mor- Tia Leone, too, was in that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I that's why you like the movie. Well, that's Tia why Leone I like it. Solid, well-made movie, and that's my number one, Deep Impact 1990. That might be your number one, but let me tell you... The, oh, you're, I know what you're doing. What? Are you going to... Wait, you're going to put the movie that... No, we, no. It's not in your top five? Let me tell you. have been doing the, that. I know. The best Run to the Hills movie there is. The best. Okay. I'm going to say it. Is it... Wait, 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 wait. No. Is it a movie I'm aware of? For sure. Is it a movie I've seen? I'm pretty sure. Is it a movie we've discussed? Yes. 
And when I say it, you're going to go, oh, Robert, that's good. Not only is it a figurative run to the hills, it is a literal run to the hills movie. Give me one more hint. It's part of a franchise. It's the first in the franchise. Not part five, not part four, not part three, not part two, but part one, First Blood, where Rambo, John Rambo, literally escapes the police and runs into the hills to have everyone follow him, and he has to survive. Robert, that's really good. Oh, right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a, that's a run to the hills movie. That's nice. Yeah. All right, just get the, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. When is the last time you've seen that movie? Um, I always got confused. There's confusion on those Rambo movies mm-hmm. because the second one, the titles are a little bit misleading. That's Rambo You know exactly yes. what I'm saying, yes. don't you? And I got confused thinking there's the first one I ended up seeing like the second one. So the one you're describing right now is literally the first. It's called First Blood. First Blood. That's what it's called, First, first Blood. First Blood. It's not called Rambo, right. colon, First Correct. Blood. Okay. Everybody calls it Rambo, but it's not. Right. Now, what was the movie after that? Rambo 2. Well, it shouldn't be so confusing. Though. Right, it shouldn't. Why does that? But everybody called it Rambo. Right, right. It called that Rambo in the yeah. first Rambo movie. Yeah. Let me tell you something. One the first movie, yes, standalone, is incredible. It is a, it's an amazing film. I remember watching it a lot when I was a kid, and I go back down and watch it, and, and I'm going, "This is actually better than I remember." Wow. I remember being wow. blown away when I was a kid. It's even better than that. It's so fucking good. Which is the one that's really violent and shows a lot of graphic depiction of, of carnage? Do you remember that? I, that was like, I think there was, they've, okay, so it, here's how it went. Okay. It went First Blood, Rambo 2, and then Rambo 3, and then just Rambo, which is part four. And it's just called Rambo. And now that was the confusion. You can appreciate this. Yeah. Why I got confused, it's just called Rambo, so I assumed that was the first Rambo. And that's the one that was quite over the top with gore. Yes. Got it. I, I'm sorry. I want to be clear about this. I just looked it up to make sure. Part two is called Rambo First Blood Part Two. <laughs> so even more confusing. Yeah, the, the, the titles are all fucked up. Yeah, they are. Yeah, 2000, 2008 is Rambo. But that was 2008. This is not the one that... Right. The original one had him... Oh, you talk about the ending... They changed the oh, ending yeah. for the franchise, knowing that there'd be other... Tell yeah. that story again. So but, the ending of First Blood, the, this is, what, 80? What is it? 80? 82. He's going to die at the end. He commits suicide That's at it. the end. That's it. And he, like, shoots up the whole town, yeah. and everything's yeah. going to shit, and his, uh, the colonel is there, and he... The colonel's holding a gun, and he... He puts the gun in the colonel's hand, I think, and then he kind of forces the colonel to pull the trigger and then dies. And that's the end of the movie. And what a badass ending. Such a good ending. However. But they changed it. They said, well, we might want to do some sequels. Yeah. So they had him survive at the end. They, had, yeah. they walked him out. Which is not awful, right? That's, I mean, it's okay, but it's not the same. They walk him out. They walk him out and they arrest him. Yeah. And then it opens up all these, like, I mean, then it starts becoming Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The first one was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it is on par with Deliverance, like that kind yeah. of caliber yeah. of like, yeah. it. it's shot so well. 
and you feel like you are in the cold uh, uh, Washington forest. It just feels like you're in, you know, like cold Oregon out in the woods somewhere. You see the like the steam out of people's mouths and stuff. It's wow. great. Is that the one with the famous scene where his head comes out of the water? No. No, that's not, is that's it? That's part two. Which one is that? Okay. Yeah. You need to see the first yeah, one. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I would like that. Do you have it? You do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have it? Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Nice. Scoops. Okay. Um, I declined to go with a bunch of the Mad Max, especially Mad Max Fury Road, but that's definitely a run for the hills. They were trying to get out of Dodge. Thelma and Louise, Blues Brothers, 2012. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. I have 2012. I figured you would. Yeah. A Perfect World, the Kevin Costner oh, movie, movie with yes. uh, the aforementioned uh, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. What do you got? I had The Day After Tomorrow uh, as well as yeah. 2012. Yeah. And then I also thought, for, you know, for Day After Tomorrow, the kind of young, young Jake Gyllenhaal, who's one of my favorite actors of all time, mm-hmm. and uh, where they literally are, a group of them are running, going to Mexico where there would be safer because yeah. the whole eastern seaboard has been frozen. So that would be a little running to the hills. Um, and I also, I thought a lot about this and about the movie yeah, THX, one one three eight because the last scene mm-hmm. where he does go outside and sees the sun setting mm-hmm. it's a gorgeous last shot uh, and it's almost we realize the whole city's underground uh and that kind of could be well he's running the hills of that emotional uh, payoff I at the end. and i thought about that but i left it as a scoop that's what i saw mm-hmm. and that's my top five you know i don't remember anything about that movie except for the ending and that's kind of it the rest of it it's a very it's robert st- duvall wasn't it yeah robert duvall and donald pleasance Donald yeah. Pleasance and they're in the and it's oddly shot and they're in white and there's white and it's all interiors with white 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 everything's white and then we see the police on motorcycles and the totalitarianism. We should go back and watch that movie. That would be interesting to see how that holds up. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit cheesy and cornball except I think the last so. scene, yeah. which is an emotional wowie zowie where it's it's that God shot, you know, where yeah. we see the sun and so on. That's interesting. And his silhouette with his arms outstretched. Okay, almost like a Christ-like figure you know the title comes from his license plate right oh george lucas named yeah. the movie because his license plate was that's what it said thx1138 yeah wow that's then it became, where he got the number from that's where it came from and then of course he got the whole sound system mm-hmm. the, 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 remember they used to do that in theaters mm-hmm. thx and dolby and then the <laughs> <laughs> robert we're so in sync hey uh you know, if people have some movies, what should they do? They should reach out to us. How? Well, if there's any Run of the Hill movies, yeah. they can run for your life and then send us an email to Robert at anywaypodcast.com or and slash or Ira at anywaypodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. A handle there is at anywaypod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the, the, the little sparkling droplets of the Clark Comet. Yes, we are all over the place. And you made it work. Uh, find us on Google Podcast Music. Uh, go to Spotify. Uh, g- go to iTunes. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, what next we, week, what, what do we do next? We're going to watch a movie called Boss Level. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about this one. Yeah, we are. Cool. Next week. It's going to be fun. Good. Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah. Joey. Joey. Woo. Hey, that about does it. Peppy Le Pew. It really bothers me. It does a lot. Me too. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess that's what we have uh, reruns for, you know? Reruns. Buy these movies on DVD. I'm telling you what, man. Yeah. Because they're going to start pulling them off the shelves. They will. It's just like place. Dr. Seuss. Yeah, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. But and until then, we'll keep watching movies. Oh, okay. and not only that, but we're going to help you sort them out. Yeah, nice recovery. That worked. Run, dude! Pretty good, huh?